0: Welcome to the Edge Church, you guys. Um, who was here last week for Easter Sunday? Awesome, right? It was amazing. Uh, Pastor Steve shared uh, a very inspiring message um, all about really the, the benefits of uh, Jesus coming here and, and really changing every single thing for us. And uh, what I grabbed from it, uh, which to me was just super important, is that we can't live without hope, right? Right? And Jesus came, and he, he just brings us tremendous hope. You, you can live a long time without other things. You might not, uh, you might not live well with, with when you're missing a whole bunch of things, but when you don't have hope, you can't really make it at all, can you? So we all need hope, don't we? So such an encouraging message to me. Um, guys, this this week um, is going to be this Sunday is going to be a little bit shorter than usual. I don't know if you guys know this. If you haven't been a part of um, other churches, you might not know that not all churches uh, meet for the same length of time, right? <laughs> You're like, whoa, what is happening here? Um, so today, uh, we're going to meet a little bit uh, shorter of a time uh, because we're going to have a family meeting after our service today. So we're going to, don't be surprised that this is not going to be a typical length sermon. As a matter of fact, it's really more of a thought. It's more of a, of a devotional type uh, meeting for us today. Uh, But we are going to still get into what we're talking about in this series because this series has been very important for us this year. And this series has been called The Reset. And it's this whole idea that we are starting on this journey to get back to the basics of our faith. And how how many of you guys have been enjoying getting back to kind of what made you fall in love with Jesus in the first place? Isn't that an awesome thing? It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with. It doesn't matter if things are going well or if things are um, challenging and if things are sort of in between, it's always a good idea to get back to the basics of our faith because if we hold on to the foundation, we're not going to be shaken by the circumstances of life. Isn't that true? So we're going to continue in that and I just sort of want to remind you like what this series is all about, where it came from. We didn't just make it up, but the focus of this series is really the great commandment and the great commission. The great commandment comes from um, a conversation that Jesus had with an expert in the law. And I don't know if you guys have had many conversations with attorneys before. Um, but attorneys are really, really good at twisting words. Now I know there, there are wonderful attorneys out there. I'm not disparaging attorneys. But if you've ever, if you've ever been questioned by an attorney, if you've ever been um, had a conversation with an attorney, you, you usually don't come out on the winning side of the argument. Would you guys agree with that? But Jesus is is different, right? So so Jesus has these people try to kind of pin him into a corner, and and, and they've kind of learned pretty quickly that when you try to paint Jesus into a corner, he always has a way out because he's Jesus, right? He always does. So this expert in the law um, approaches Jesus, and he thinks he kind of has him like kind of has Jesus, pretty proud of himself, I'm assuming, and, and he asked him, what's the most important thing in life? Now, he's trying to trick him into going against something that the Ten Commandments say, now, the law of Moses that was given to the Israelites, and, and Jesus said, uh, he basically said this, well, here are the most important things, and it's like, whoa, wait a second, no, I asked you about one thing, and Jesus goes, nope, I'm going to tell you the truth, so we can, we can trust Jesus for that. And he says this, the first thing that's most important is that you are to love God with everything in you. That's heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second one, and of course the, uh, the attorney didn't ask for this one, right? He didn't ask for the second. He goes, the second one is like it. It's to love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus is telling us uh, the focus of our lives as Christians has to be this, that we are to love God and that love for God and the love of God is supposed to drive all of our connections. Our lives are supposed to be characterized by that love. So we need to show this love. We need to give it. And of course it's not going to be perfect. Of course we're going to screw up. Of course we're going to make mistakes. Of course we're going to fail. But that's where grace comes in. But Jesus wants, us to, wants our lives to be characterized by this kind of love. So over the last few months, we've, we've kind of gone through these different uh, subjects. So we've talked so far about loving God with all of our hearts, right? And, and then we've talked about what it looks like to love God with our minds. Those, those things seem kind of opposed. Um, probably about half the room here, um, half the room would say that you, you are really defined by, by feelings. You're, you're very feelings driven, so you're kind of a heart type person, and about the other half would say that you're someone who's driven by your thoughts and then you're, you're more forced to get your heart involved. So um, God says, I want all of it. I don't want you to just do what's natural and love me with your heart and, and just have feelings, but I want it to be based in truth. So he's saying, I want your heart uh, and I want your mind. And, and, and so today, we're gonna start just a little bit, and it's, again, it's just more of a thought, but we're gonna start talking about what it means to love God with our strength. You notice we're skipping around? And I I love that Steve joked that um, any legalists in our congregation are really going to have a hard time because we're not following the exact passage in order. But that's okay. We're going to talk a little bit about strength today. I want to ask you this, just a few questions related to strength. Have any of you ever gotten stronger by not exercising? No. No. That's a good answer. Thank you. That was the right one. Uh, I'm going to put you on Jeopardy. Um, Has your character ever become better because it wasn't challenged? That's not a fun one to answer, is it? Have you ever experienced God in fresh ways without first walking through dark valleys? Ah, right, right. Maybe you've heard people pray for patience and then they, they have this horrible realization that when you pray for patience, God allows situations to come in, into your life to confront you with your lack of patience on a consistent basis. We want God to, to wave his magic God wand and change us so that we're automatically patient. But the way he tends to want to do things in our lives is through processes. And processes, when we, when we pray for patience, are not really fun. Because if you're someone, I talked to someone this week about how they struggle with, with uh, being an impatient driver, and when they're stressed out, um, when they're stressed out, they might say something or do something or, or, or you know, something that, that isn't exactly making Jesus proud of them. And I'm like, amen, that is me too. I struggle with that. I, I, I've struggled with that a long time. Um, so I get that. None of us is perfect. We don't love the test, but the test is what makes us stronger in all these different areas. And the strength to love God is really no different. We don't, develop, we don't just naturally have a strength that we can offer to, to, to God. Our strength has to be tested to enable it to grow. Our strength has to be tested to enable us to grow. This is the way we change, and it's a beautifully difficult process. How many of you guys can look back in your lives and you can see situations that occurred or maybe you had a teacher. I think about teachers that I had, and, and the ones that I loved the most at the time, I don't look back at the same way today. I actually think that teacher did not prepare me as well as I could have been prepared. But when I look back and I think about teachers that were challenging in the moment, most of those are the ones that I look back at now and say they knew something that I didn't, and I got what I needed to get from them. There's something powerful about um, being tested and being tried. But it's beautifully difficult. And we only can look back in hindsight and see the value of it. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 8, probably one of the most common uh, passages that that Christians ever talk about. Um, We talk about it a lot when we're not going through hard times. But I want you to put your lens on, put your thinking on in terms of If you're going through a hard time today, that it still applies. James says this Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Okay, let me say that again. Consider it pure joy. What gives you joy? It's fun stuff, right? It's when things go well, it's when you get the new job. It's when you enter the new relationship. It's when you get married. It's when you have children. It's, it's all of these things that are the, the beautiful moments in life. And, and God celebrates those things with us because he's the giver of all good gifts, right? Yet James says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So just to be very clear that was written for us today, right? It's the same situations that, that, that James was speaking to, hard times, also speaks to our experiences today. But let's be really clear about something. This was not God's original plan. This wasn't his plan. His plan was for you to have a wonderful experience abiding in his way and, and being completely fruitful in all you do. Can you imagine if you didn't have hardship and trial and struggle, how just absolutely stunningly amazing life would be? Can you imagine if all of the good things that, that, that you want to happen in your life, that you celebrate moments of now, but then you know the, the, the rug gets pulled out from under you in one way or another because life's hard. Can you imagine if it was all beautiful? Can you imagine if it was, uh, there was no pain, there was no sorrow, there was no death? There was no shame. There was no destruction. There was no division. Can you imagine? That's actually what God's original design was. We are not presently living in God's original design. The original plan was all powerful and all good and all beautiful. His plan was not what we experience today. And that tells us, too, that what we do affects others. But the really good news is, that God still walks into our trials and he redeems them. Think about the thing that you're struggling with today. God is walking with you in that trial and he is actively redeeming it today. And as he redeems it, he is also giving you new strength because he is developing something in you as you walk through your trial. It's not an accident what you're going through. He gives you new strength in it And because of that, when you see, when you look back and you see how God worked through your trial, do you know what you can do? You can turn that newfound strength that you get from knowing that he's with you because you feel strong when you know God's with you. There's something powerful and encouraging about knowing that God is with you. And when that happens, you can then love him with your strength. But it's not until we're tested that we get that strength. I would love it, if uh, Easter meant an automatic victory for us, trust me, I would love the easy button Easter. I would. I wish that because Jesus died on the cross for us and because He is redeeming all things, I actually wish it was it was all done today, all of it. Now Jesus, now, now, don't, I'm not making a theological statement, because I understand that it is finished with Jesus. But I also understand that it is not all done in our lives and we're working stuff out. Can we just acknowledge that? Life is hard. I wish that Jesus said, when I died and when I rose again, you now have no more problems and you are back in the garden. That would be amazing. But that's not the reality that we're in. It's just not the way it is. We still have brokenness. We still have death. We still have pain. Even though Jesus rose from the dead. The question we have today is, do we still perceive that he's in the midst of our situations? Do you perceive it today? The Gospel of Luke, uh, chapter 24, verses 13 through 35, and I'm, this is really quick, guys, so I'm going to ask the band to come back up. This speaks to after Easter, It says, now that same day, and for context, the same day is Resurrection Day. It's the day that Jesus rose from the grave. It says, now that same day, two of them, they were two disciples, were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. This was really the talk of the city, of course. Nothing bigger. They didn't have breaking news about when animals attack then, so that was good. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? That's a really, really snarky read, isn't it? Are you the only one? Have you missed out on the breaking news? You didn't turn the TV on? You didn't see the NFL draft? Are you the only one who doesn't know about what happened? What, are you the person who buries your head in the sand and pretends like nothing? That's the point. And Jesus responds, what things? They came and told us that that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets... He explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. I want to encourage you today. Do not miss Jesus on your lonely road. Do not miss Jesus on your lonely road. You might not perceive him in this moment where you are today, but he is with you because he promised that he would be. Every single thing that you are going through or will go through is being used by God to make you stronger so that you will then love him with all of your strength. Romans 8.28 is so powerful in these moments. And this is what we have to hold on to when there are questions, when we don't have all the answers, when we have struggles. But it is the promise that in all things, not in some things, not in half of the things, not in three quarters of the things, but in all things, God is working for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So he is with you today. Cling to Jesus. Do not let him go because he is with you in your circumstance. If you don't know him, this would be a great time to know him. And it's it's not hard. Don't do life without Jesus. Don't do life without Jesus because the, the truth is, I believe this with my whole heart, there is no real life without Jesus because he is the one that is known as the way, the truth, and the life. You cannot have life apart from knowing Jesus. Here's a beautiful exchange that happens. Acts 2.38 tells us exactly how we come to, to know Jesus. And it's, it's a very simple thing, but we do have to bring the truth of who we are to Jesus. By, by repenting, that means having a change of thoughts that are big enough to, to change our steps. And being baptized in Jesus' name. In other words, running to him, letting go of our past and running to him. Not just letting go of your past, but actually running towards Jesus who is the goal. And when we do that, he will never turn us away. But he then gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit who will walk with us, a real person. God, the Holy Spirit, will walk with us for the rest of our days. What an amazing exchange that we can make. So if you've never done that, I want to encourage you to do it. And if you have questions about it, I'd love to talk to you about it. When you acknowledge your weakness, he does not shame you. He gives you his strength. And the strength that he gives you, you turn and you get to love him and love people. Let's pray. Father, even, even in our weaknesses, God, you are good. Even in our struggles, you are there. Father, some of us, uh, when we come to a, a gathering after the pinnacle of the, the Christian calendar, the, the pinnacle of of, of all of the events in, in all of history. We celebrated Easter last week, and it's really easy to come here and, and feel just a little bit of a natural letdown. But God, Easter is not just a one time event, it is an ongoing experience. And I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit you would enable us to live Easter lives. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray.
1: many of you this morning just need to be reminded that that the goodness and kindness and faithfulness of God persists in your life no matter where you find yourself this morning don't you love the fact that that we have a God who is with us in the midst of whatever we're in That that he he doesn't abandon us he he's not he doesn't move away he's never too tired He, he he's never too weak he's never too overwhelmed to be with you and to fight for you. Isn't that good? Yeah, and so so I just want to encourage you this morning that no matter where you find yourself, that that no matter how dark it might seem, that, that you might find yourself this morning in just one of the darkest seasons that you've walked in, maybe just a dark night of the soul kind of a season. But the goodness and kindness and faithfulness of God will persist, and he will not let you go. And he is with you, And and sometimes we just need to be reminded of that. I love how David would would just declare to his own soul. He would remind his own soul that, that though this is happening, though I'm under this, though this feels heavy, though this is hard, though this is whatever, God, yet you are still God and you are still good. And I can still trust you. And so if you're here this morning, I want to just encourage you, if you find yourself walking, that 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 you even take a moment uh, when we close and you just tell the Lord, God, you know what, this is really hard, but I trust you and I thank you that you're walking with me through this. as neil said um when he started we're having a, a bit of a shorter service this morning uh because we are having a, a a special family service for our members uh before we get out of this building today and so uh, so for those of you who are here this morning um you're not a member of the edge community you're newer to the church you're a guest you're visiting um uh, we love you we're glad that you are here this morning um after i close this in prayer you are going to be dismissed don't forget to pick up your kids in quest um uh, but again hope to see you guys next week for everybody else for the members of our church and those who have uh, Been a, a long part of our community This is uh, the place where you are invested meaning this is the place where you give and you serve and share in the lifeblood of this community uh, We are going to be having a uh, a Family meeting following the service. Uh, I'm going to take about after we close. I'm going to give you about five or ten minutes um, To go ahead and grab a drink or use the washroom whatever you need to do but I'm going to ask that then you come back um, and s- Kind of come towards the front if you can so that we can share together with you. You don't need to go get your kids. They're going to be fine. Um, Quest is going to take care of them through that time. Uh, also, just lastly, um, again, welcome to give. Um, we love to see what God's doing. I had the awesome opportunity to, to join with some folks yesterday at Rebuilding Together. Um and just to bless and serve our city. And so so the ways that we give also afford us the opportunity as a church just to give and to sow into our city. And so I just wanna invite you to to give. We know God gives radically to us and we just wanna be a people who express him. Um, So you can give online at edgerord.com. You can also give at the giving box on your way out. Um, So again, if you're not a member, you're newer, after I close this, you are dismissed. For the rest of you, take five to 10, but then uh, come right back here. Uh, if you will, unless you have to go. If you really do have to go, that's okay too. Uh, But let's pray together, yeah? Father, thanks for this morning. God, I just thank you that you are a faithful Father. God, your love for us is greater than we can even begin to fathom, that we can begin to understand or even imagine, God, that we couldn't even make up, God, a love so great or so big. We can't even figure it out. God, I thank you that every single person here in this room, God, you know by name. God, you knit them together. You saw them long before they ever were. God, that you love every person in this room right where they are. And God, I thank you that no matter where we go, God, you're still there. And so, Lord, I pray that this morning for every single heart, for every person in this room, God, that we would have eyes to see you. God, that we would recognize you. God, that we would be aware of you. Lord, that that no matter where we are, if we're standing on the the highest mountaintop of our life, or God, we find ourselves today in the darkest and deepest valley, God, that we would see you there. God, that we would know that you're with us. And God, that we would declare, God, that we trust you. Would you just tell them that this morning? Wherever you are, would you just tell them, God, I trust you this morning. God, I trust you with my life. I trust you with this circumstance. I trust you with these relationships. God, I trust you because you're faithful and you're true and you never fail and you never will. God, we love you this morning. Lord, it is an honor and it is a a blessing to be called your sons and daughters. God, we know that we have access to you, God, because we're yours, that you hear us and you invite us to come. God, I pray that we would be so bold as to come to you, that we would be so bold as to ask of you, and that we would be so bold as to believe you and trust you. God, have your way in our hearts, have your way in our lives. Continue, Lord, to remind us of just how good and near you are. Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you guys.